1: You're listening to the Matt McNeil Show. I'm not Mitt, Matt McNeil. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Matt. He will be back tomorrow. We've got Brett on the board. And do we know where what Matt's up to? Is it a, is it a top secret? Uh, I think
0: it might be a top secret thing, but yeah. he'll be back tomorrow, as you said. Okay. Fired up as ever with the news of the day.
1: I mean, is he in harm's way? Is he doing something dangerous in his... Uh... I don't
0: think he's like an embedded journalist in a war zone or anything. I don't think it's anything quite like that. Well,
1: he's a spy, isn't he? I mean... Well, he could be, yeah. could yeah, be yeah. dangerous, right?
0: Especially if it's from like Russia or China, then we'll start getting Trump all angry about that.
1: Yeah, so... then again,
0: he's the Russian spy, Donald Trump, so maybe it wouldn't matter. He'd say, welcome right. to the club.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Um... So, yeah, I, maybe I'll be on uh, forever more. We don't know. Matt, sometimes he's, he does dangerous top-secret maneuvers overseas. He's been gone since Thursday. So um, who knows? We haven't heard from him.
0: No, I haven't either. We yeah. Don't.
1: So I don't know.
0: Well, we'll see if he's here tomorrow. Tune, I think he will be. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll get the phone call. Todd, we need you to fill in. Oh. Uh, uh, call at like 2.35 p.m. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um yeah so so i guess normally on a monday morning matt would talk a little bit about the vikings game right yeah this
0: would uh yeah he he normally does talk a little vikings on monday afternoons recapping the game from okay. yesterday
1: yeah i am I'm just i forget football even exists in the world so you're going to have to did they win i don't even know <laughs> they did
0: win yesterday with joshua dobbs the fill in quarterback for kirk cousins who was very impressive so the vikings won again that is their fifth straight win now.
1: Okay, yeah, I saw a story about the Vikings because of Dobbs, and I thought, what does uh, blocking Roe v. Wade have to do with uh, the Vikings game? That's what I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that people have thrown around the term, well, the Vikings have the Dobbs effect. I don't know if we quite want to be using yeah. that terminology. Since I know, because uh, it makes it different. sound like
1: they, they win now because Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway— You can tell I'm not into football because that's where my brain went. Yeah, I don't
0: don't think you quite have your Vikings jerseys all uh, lined up around the house, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. My brothers do. Um, Yeah, that's why I was, uh, you know, that's why my family disowned me, kind of. No, they didn't, but um, anyway. All right, so the Vikings are doing well this whole season, right?
0: Yeah, they got off to that rough start, but now they're definitely in playoff position and they appear to be going in the right direction with Dobbs and they're going to be getting some guys right. back from injury. So,
1: so thank optimistic
0: you. for the Vikings until they make the playoffs and then
1: we'll, right. we'll wait for the inevitable collapse.
2: And ultimately, thank you, Donald Trump, because he's the one who got rid of Roe v. Wade through Dobbs and now the Vikings are winning.
0: Oh, he could take credit for that for sure. Yeah, Right.
2: Um.
1: Speaking of Donald Trump today, Trump, Donald Trump Jr. was back. Last week, it was the Donald Trump Jr. that's all mad and like, you know, throwing little tizzy fits and being all squirrely and salty. And now he's, he's the nice guy. He's the cool guy. He's the charming guy. Of course, it depends on your point of view. It could be he's the super smarmy, creepy guy. But the difference is last week he was brought in by the prosecution and this week he's being brought in by the defense, which he is a defendant in the defense. And apparently he started off with a PowerPoint about how wonderful the Trump organization is and how it's a rags to riches kind of story (laughs) and, and, uh, and he himself used to just be a bartender, I guess, kind of like AOC. He was just living poor, you know, just – I mean, he was making pretty good tips, I guess, but he was just a bartender. And then after 9-11, he felt like he should do his duty to the United States by joining the Trump org. <laughs> this is apparently – Kind of the storyline that he was going on today. And what we're going to do now, though, is we're going to tell the real story. I mean, he, he's, he was even specifically talking about in the last four decades, the Trump org has just ramped up its, its wonderfulness. And, uh, and in reality, in the last four decades, has been an absolute—of <laughs> well, course, most of us know this, and especially New Yorkers know this even more than most of us do. Let's for a moment go back to 1949 when a little three-year-old
2: Donald Trump, wah, wah, that's how he sounded. He was
1: getting $200,000 a year from his father's empire when he was three years old. I'm not even sure what that would be in today's money. I know, I mean, a lot. <laughs> uh, I would say for sure like over a million. And it, that turned into about $5 million per year by the time he was in his 40s and 50s. In all, just from that adds up to like $413 million or something like that, which of course in today's dollars a lot higher. So
2: we go to 1975 ahead in time. I started with a small loan of 1 million dollars from my father and I built an empire of a, a beautiful business some say some say some many people tell me the best in the universe even though we we we've discovered all of the businesses in the universe and some a lot of people say mine is the best in the universe.
1: And in reality, first of all, $1 million in today's money is about $4 million. So, Brett, if your father gave you a loan for $4 million, would you call it small?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. Not for $4 million.
1: I started my business with $40,000 20 years ago. He started his with $1 million in 1975, and so— uh, pretty much by 1985, he owed his dad $14 million, which would be $31 million in today's money. And altogether, his dad has lent him—there was an, actually somebody investigated this. Altogether, his dad has lent him $60.7 million, which adds up to $140 million in today's money. So, and he, you know, I mean, he still owed his father. And uh, so— Let's go now into the 1980s, where New Jersey had just legalized gambling. He acquired three casinos. But by 1991, they couldn't pay their debts. The Taj Mahal declared bankruptcy in 1991. The Trump Plaza and the Trump Castle in 1992. Lenders restructured the debt rather than liquidate. And Trump put his casino holdings into a new company that went bankrupt in 2004. So how many is that? 4. The company that emerged from that restructuring declared bankruptcy in 2009. And number 6, even though it's earlier, we're going this we're talking about six bankruptcies. It was the Plaza Hotel, which he bought in 1988 and it went bankrupt in 1992. He couldn't run it for 4 years. So Trump was broke at the end of the 90s. Nobody would lend him money except a guy by the name of Justin Kennedy who was working at Deutsche Bank, and he was hanging out with Don Jr., and he thought it was cool to be around the Trumps in you know, partying with the Trumps in New York City. And he's like, oh, your dad can't get loans? You know, I'm, I'm at Deutsche Bank now. They're so corrupt, they wouldn't even notice. So I'll make, sh- I'll make sure and hook your dad up. Not to mention, uh, James Mark Burn- Burnett then also offered Trump in the early t- aughts, The Apprentice. Where that kind of saved his finances as well. And made him into the d- douchebag that ended up getting uh, put in the White House. He did not get elected president. He got put in the White House. He lost in 2016 by 3 million votes. But he got put in the White House because that's how the United States works. Because people are too afraid to change some of our uh, traditions, like the Electoral College, which is totally not necessary now and is a big part of why things like a third party has no chance. So if you're, if you're up for third party runs – We need ranked choice voting, and we need to get rid of the electoral college. Anyway, so he's getting loans at Deutsche Bank, and Deutsche Bank, I mean, they are fined billions of dollars over the years for all this corruption. Not to mention, a guy by the name of Valentin Broiksmitt handed over hundreds of documents to the FBI because the FBI was investigating ties between Deutsche Bank and Donald Trump. Now, Bill Broiksmitt was his father, and he's the one who kept all those documents because he saw the corruption, and he was thinking of maybe, you know, being a whistleblower. And then finally, when the FBI in 2019 was investigating, his son became the whistleblower because in January of 2014, in the midst of all of this, Stuff with Trump and Deutsche, Bill Breiksmitht hung himself. Also his son Valentin Breikmt, in the right after he handed over those documents in 2019, he killed himself. Going back again to 2014, Bill Breiksmith killed himself in January in October 2014, Collego Gambino, who was a Deutsche Bank regulatory lawyer who was working out the the agreements when Deutsche Bank was in trouble over in England because of some fraud going on and then going ahead into uh, November of 2019 a Deutsche Bank executive who controversially signed off millions if not billions to Trump controversially because Deutsche Bank did not want to give Trump any more money because a lot of their clients got hurt really bad over all of the bankruptcies years earlier from Donald Trump. So this Deutsche Bank executive that kind of underhandedly signed off on millions or billions to Donald Trump, his name is Tom Boyers, or I should say his name was Tom Boyers because he killed himself in November of 2019. And I don't know if you remember. Uh, well, first of all, in 2017, Trump appoints Neil Gorsuch because of the um, McConnell saying that 18 months is too close to the next election to confirm Obama's pick. So Trump gets in, and he, uh, you know, Neil Gorsuch during his confirmation hearing, when asked if he would overturn Roe v. Wade, he said, "I wouldn't mess with precedent," and that's code language for saying, no, I wouldn't, but without saying, no, I wouldn't. Basically, he committed perjury. Then in 2018, if you remember, I mentioned Justin Kennedy, who began giving Trump loans in the early aughts from Deutsche Bank. His father is Justice Kennedy, and Trump talked him into leaving the Supreme Court. There's a video of him kind of pulling he he says something to Justice Kennedy, and Kennedy looks at him like he's
2: astonished, like, what did you just say? And then he pulls him into a room like, we're going to have a little meeting. You know, I'd, I'd hate to see anything bad happen to your son. You know, there's a lot of things your son was involved with that I happen to know about. You know, it would be a good time maybe for you to step down.
1: So he puts in Brett Kavanaugh, who, of course, famously was accused of multiple rapes. A woman by the name of Christine Blasey Ford was part of the confirmation hearings, and she gave, I thought, very uh, convincing testimony. But Brett Kavanaugh couldn't remember raping anyone because he loved beer. That was kind of his argument. He also said that he would not overturn precedent, as did Amy Comey Barrett, Trump's third appointment to the Supreme Court, Just about six weeks before that election, McConnell let that one go through, even though it was a lot less than even 18 months before the election. She also said that she would not overturn precedent and that Roe v. Wade was precedent. And all three of them then proved that they committed perjury during their confirmation hearings when they voted to overturn Roe v. Wade in June of 2022. So, yeah, the worst came when Trump became president. Our nightmares arrived. We kind of forget what the world was like before he became president. It's completely different now. The worst arrived under a Trump presidency. And I'm going to tell you then why I think in some ways – there's a lot of good coming out of this. After we take a break, you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show. We'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show. Yeah, earth moving under our feet. Um, Yeah, we were talking about uh, the real story over the last four decades of the Trump organization. Um, Basically, just a, a dunderhead is a term that has been approved for me to say on the radio. Running it in Donald Trump. He's a horrible businessman. He has no idea what he's doing. His dad gave him millions or billions and he has squandered all of it and now he's having to spend it all on his legal problems that if he hadn't become president he might not be going through i don't know what do you think brett do you think he do you think he brought this trouble on because he ran for president he could have just kept being the stupid donald trump in new york you know
0: Oh, I think he very easily could have got on yeah, just kept being stupid Donald Trump if he was never president. I don't think he would have had many of these legal issues. He's just brought so much attention to himself. Yeah. Now he's gonna be getting in some legal trouble.
1: Yeah, that's what I think too. Um but also and I remember how again nightmarish it was on twenty sixteen on election night, which happened to be on my birthday that year.
0: Oh, really? That yeah. was your birthday? Yeah, November eighth. Yeah. Terrible birthday present.
1: Exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was it was like a weird sci-fi slash um, Cold War spy movie thing. It just seemed like something something weird happened because there's no way he could have won. And the experience I had that night, I think I've told it uh, a couple times here on the air, but I, I mean, it was just astonishing, and the world changed and. And now, you know, everybody said if Trump gets elected, he's going to fill the court with a bunch of freaky conservatives and they're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And a lot of people are saying, what? No, it's not going to be that bad. We'll just go through four years of it and it won't be a big deal. He doesn't, he's not going to have that much power. Well, here we are. But in reaction, it's kind of like, the Democrats were a huge, huge sleeping swarm of wasps, and Trump came by and rattled the wasp's nest. Is it called a nest? No, it's a, a honeycomb? What is it called? Oh, for a wasp. For yeah. a wasp? I don't know.
0: A wasp's
1: nest? A wasp's sounds nest?
0: right. I don't know if it yeah. is right at least.
1: Well, anyway, the, the thing the wasps are sleeping in got rattled really hard, and it was pretty nightmarish in June in 2022, uh, almost immediately Wisconsin, abortion was completely banned, and really women's health care coverage, women's reproductive health care, and a lot of women, wherever, where they get their reproductive health care, they get all their health care. A lot of places closing down. Wisconsin, it was immediately illegal. And that was pretty horrific. And then in August, there was a vote in Kansas where they were going to try and make it completely illegal. And people stayed home from their vacations. The Republicans tried to sneak that vote in, a special election, called really quickly, happening in the middle of August when people are going on vacation and being summertime. But no, Democrats showed up and, and overturned their whole uh, idea. Um, it happened in other places as well. Michigan ended up codifying Roe v. Wade basically in their state. Minnesota ended up strengthening our protections of women's reproductive health care and also pre- protecting people who might come to Minnesota from another state because they can't get an abortion in their state, say Wisconsin— and the Dakotas, and so uh, election after election after election, the midterms, there was supposed to be a red tsunami. there wasn't. We all know the, these stories. Going right up to this last Tuesday, where Ohio is the main thing everybody's talking about, they put in their constitution, they have now have a constitutional amendment protecting women's reproductive rights basically at least essentially uh, there was a big idea by governor Yumkin that everybody says is really smart but I have not seen any evidence of that um, I don't know maybe he's just good at math and that's what people are talking about. I don't I don't know
0: yeah I remember hearing about this fifteen week abortion ban. This is what's going to put the Republicans over the top in Virginia. And yeah, it didn't happen, did
1: it? And it's almost like he was thinking, oh, this you know the Democrats will accept this. This is a good compromise, a complete ban after fifteen weeks. I think he also said that he would put provisions for you know rape um and and incest. So he thought, oh yeah, this Democrats will even like this. So he was expecting to gain the House, and um, I think he already had the Senate. Is that how that went? I think uh, so. Other way around. Okay.
0: Yeah, they had the Senate, but Dems had the House. Or Dems right. had the Senate. Dems the had the, the House. Senate. Yeah. Republicans
1: had the House. And what ended up happening was the Dems kept the Senate and took over the House. So Young can – was everybody – Republicans thought was going to come in and save the day and run for president because – He's so he's so much more what America would like. He's just charming and smart. But no, that's ruined. <laughs> and he's got no power. He's not going to pass anything that he wants to pass. He's not going to pass anything that his Republican elected officials want to pass in Virginia. Um, Ohio was the biggest surprise, I think but also uh, in Pennsylvania. And it was all because of Roe v. Wade being overturned. The Vikings are winning because of the Dobbs effect. Um, So a lot of good things are happening now. And people, younger people are coming out in a way that they really never have before coming out to vote. And uh, because they see what's going on here. And, They know that Trump is saying things like he would do things like what Hitler would do. Um, Anyone comparing Trump to Hitler, though, will be exterminated. But he wants to build camps to hold immigrants in. You know who else did that? The Nazis. He
2: wants to arrest his opponents any, any political person running against me, if they're winning, I'm just going to say indict him. You know who else did stuff like that? Hitler.
1: I'm setting myself up to be exterminated. Uh, he's also saying that he's going to basically put people in jail, people who speak out against him. He had a – like David uh, – uh, Weissman, and uh, he worked on the Mueller uh, case. Um, yeah. So, he I, I guess he would end up coming down to you and me, because uh, you and me, Brett, because we work at a, a liberal radio station. You know?
2: And on Veterans Day, he said, in honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will Root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and radical left.
1: All of this, you know. He, he went on to use the term vermin. Uh,
2: Thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country lie, steal, and cheat on elections, and will do anything possible, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America. That's his statement he put out in honor of the veterans
1: on veterans day on which was saturday i believe he just he can't stop at this point threatening to become hitler if he if he's voted in he's going to run the country like the nazis ran germany in the 1930s he's saying he wants to do that hitler i will get rid of the communist vermin trump I will get rid of the communist vermin. Hitler, I will take care of the enemy within. Trump, I will take care of the threat from within. Hitler, Jews and migrants are poisoning Aryan blood. Trump, migrants are poisoning the blood of our country. Hitler, one
2: people, one realm, one leader. Trump, one people, one family, one glorious nation.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be arrested the moment he gets put in office, I suppose. But that's why he's not going to get put in office. Uh, People are all nervous about it. Um, Dean Phillips is nervous enough to completely ruin his whole career and all of his relationships and friendships. (laughs) That's how panicked he is about it. Uh, But there's, you've heard me talk about the many reasons – Uh, that we do not need to be so nervous. The Republicans cannot get in the White House, and a lot of it is because of uh, women's reproductive health care rights. The only thing that makes me nervous is how far can they cheat? How far can they just, you know, uh, install themselves? I don't think they can. I think they blew their final wad there uh, on January 6th. I don't think they, they can do that kind of organization ever again. And People don't want to get thrown in jail, you know, like like over a thousand people have now. So, um, yeah. Well, so much to talk about, so much going on. I didn't even finish all that happened last week when, we're, when we were on on Friday. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this uh, Project 2025. is really a freaky, scary thing that the Republicans also want to do if they get in office, which is all the more reason we need to be vigilant and uh, support our people um, and at the very least, vote. So let's take a break and come back. We're on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, The Matt McNeil Show. We'll be right back.
2: I see you
1: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show for today. Matt will be back tomorrow if everything goes as planned on his top secret spy trip that he took this weekend. Um, We never know if he's going to come back because we're not allowed to know where he goes. And uh, so, you know, if something happens to him, we're not going to know. So tune in tomorrow to see if he made it back.
0: Yeah, I won't know until about 2.30, which, uh, like I said, might right. be the time you get the phone call saying, hey, you've got no time to prep, but we need you to host a two-hour show.
1: Yes, I've got a special <laughs> uh, phone at my house that's wired directly to this radio station because of Matt's um, once-in-a-while spy, top-secret trips that he has to take. And we n- never know when he's coming back. One time he came back one- a day early and, uh, you know— And then you say to him, you know, well, how was your weekend? And he goes, I'd have to kill you. I can't tell you. So that's the story of Matt McNeil. Uh, Talking about the um, vote on Tuesday, I forgot even that in Kentucky, a Democratic governor won in Kentucky. He beat a guy that Trump endorsed. And uh, that's another big deal. And in Pennsylvania, the voter turnout was 11% higher than it was in 2021 when they had another similar type of election. Uh, in the cities in Philadelphia, 33% higher voter turnout. And we're, we're just having record turnout. That Kansas that I talked about, they had never had people turn out like that. They said it was the equivalent of you know the presidential election in a special election in August. It's crazy, man. And you also got to remember, uh, I'm going to read now fr- a story from the Washington Post about the mess the Republican Party is in. If you remember uh, the financial report that Minnesota Republicans put forth at the end of May, they had $8 in their bank account. Not not, 800, not eight hundred, not eight thousand, not eighty thousand, which would be more normal. Eight dollars, and then they had, I think, three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars in debt. They still haven't paid the facility where they had their convention in uh, the summer of twenty twenty-two. So, are they even going to be able to have a convention? Are they even going to be able to send out invitations to the convention? they uh desperately sent out a fundraiser back in in the springtime and one of them came to my house addressed to my wife who has voted as a democrat forever in you know her whole life and she's married to a guy who was a candidate for the DFL you know in the state house election a few years ago um that means they don't have enough money to figure out who they're going to send things to. They don't have data, which is a very crucial thing in elections. So they wasted a lot of money. It was, I think it had two or three, I think it had a return envelope and at least two pages inside and then another envelope. So that, you know, through my experience of running campaigns, that's probably more than a dollar i would say this these days that's a dollar 25 per per mailing you know that's really expensive and then they're sending it to people that you know, is just a waste there's absolutely no way that my wife is ever going to be convinced to give them a red cent um i don't know where the term red cent came from my i said it last week and my wife made fun of me um, I
0: thought you were just referring to like Republican money, a red scent. Oh right, That's what I right, thought the reference right. was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, it could also be a smell, I guess. Like yeah. right, I don't know. Um, yeah, every once in a while, I say, I say, like one time I said, "Oh wow, they're going to make a mint," and she made fun of me because it, it's like an old guy thing. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of verbal abuse. Of what in a way, I'm I'm kind of being verbally abused. I hadn't thought of that. My doctor asked me if I feel safe at home, and I said yes. Okay. All right, now we're way off track. Sorry. Um, and that's a comedy routine, by the way. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, so going to the Washington Post. In Arizona, the state GOP chairman has been begging the Republican National Committee for a financial bailout. Michigan party officials have gotten into physical fights as their finances have dipped into the red. And in Georgia, the state party is in a standoff with the Republican governor and saddled with legal fees for alternate electors put forward in 2020. In each of these 2024 battleground states, election denial and grassroots fervor for former president— I'm not going to—I I was reading it. I normally don't call him former President Donald Trump. Uh, they Those uh, grassroots fervor for Trump, have rocked the Republican apparatus. Now the state parties are plagued by infighting, struggling to raise money, and sometimes to cover legal costs stemming from Trump's efforts to overturn his 2020 defeat, threatening to hamper GOP organizing capabilities in next year's presidential election. This is a quote from John Watson, the Georgia GOP chairman from 2017 to 2019 he says there has been an emphasis on ideological cleansing instead of electioneering then he says if those new entrants to the party want to argue the earth is flat and the election is stolen those are counterproductive to winning elections state parties are typically critical in election years for mobilizing volunteers Uh, Duh! (laughs) I think anybody knows that and and running get out the vote efforts and they can collect larger checks or buy cheaper airtime than other groups. Those functions are now in doubt as the fissures fuel finger pointing and competition for donor dollars. Even as more experienced leaders have taken the reins in some cases, they're struggling to undo some of the damage from MAGA-aligned predecessors and deal with continued pressure from the movement. The transformation in these key states is the result of a coordinated movement, sometimes called the Precinct Strategy. Former Trump advisor Stephen Bannon And other MAGA influencers have promoted the effort in the past three years to slot election deniers into local party positions and demand new leadership. In local and state parties across the country, operatives and local officials say the makeup of state party leadership has changed. For instance, I know in Michigan they have an absolute loony bin running that Republican party. And it's a mess. And they have a lack of money as well. Uh, Bannon said, it's like any revolution or any civil war. You get victories, but the moneyed class, they're not going to sit there and pat you on the head and say, this is terrific. So, Bannon wants to basically just start chaos. and, And he has. Except now, it's just within the Republican Party. Democrats are basically in Gen Z Uh, Younger people, uh, people of color showing up to vote are saving the country right now. Um, Suburban moms have turned from voting, kind of casually voting for a Republican to never voting for a Republican ever again. Trump and his team have become deeply involved with state parties, elevating candidates for positions who back him. Courting members at his Maralardo resort home and attacking officials in states who oppose him. So the gist of this, obviously, is another thing that's happened because of Trump and Trump's successes. It's causing absolute havoc to the Republican Party. So that's another thing to keep in mind when you're all nervous about the election. The Republicans can't run an election. They don't have enough money. They don't have the brain power. The state parties are broke. They cannot participate in an election. And that makes it impossible for them to win at any level. Now, I'm telling you, I really think the Republican Party is becoming extinct. I don't know what's going to happen after that happens. But, yeah. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back in a couple minutes. We're, you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show. We'll be right back.
2: Do you really want to, do you really want to taste it? AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson playing the rock and roll for you until 6 tonight. No.
1: That was Brett on the music. He's
2: playing all the music.
1: He has uh, on a multi track uh, tape recorder, right? You did the well, that's drums what you can first. Now. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, right. You can be a
0: one man band
1: yeah. and play yeah.
0: several instruments.
1: Exactly. And that's what uh, Brett did on that last recording. Um, did I say Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show? How many times do I need to say that? I mean, if you're sitting here listening, you're probably sick of me saying that. Am I right? So I'll skip forward. Uh, We were talking about the disarray within the Republican Party in Arizona. We desperately need to keep the lights on. (laughs) In January, Jeff DeWitt was elected Arizona state GOP chairman as a consensus choice who could bridge the party's internal divisions between pro-Trump election-denying activists and more traditional conservatives, given his record of winning a statewide race in 2014 for treasurer and his early support of Trump's first presidential run he inherited a party in disarray from the previous chair, Kelly Ward, a MAGA firebrand who led efforts to overturn Trump's 2020 loss in the state and has since decamped to a boat in the Caribbean. (laughs) DeWitt has repeatedly asked national Republican groups for financial support that largely has not come, because there's no money there either. His appeals to the RNC began in February and have extended through mid-September, including to national and regional staffers and directly to RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel. Romney. Ronna McDaniel. Romney is her whole name. According to people familiar with the discussions, yeah, okay, that's the anonymity. Um, He would just ask people, when does money start cycling in, said the GOP operative familiar with some of DeWitt's requests. McDaniel and the RNC staff met privately with DeWitt at his request, at the RNC's meeting in Oklahoma City in late April, according uh, we, uh, Dewitt told her we desperately need to keep the lights on. In skipping down here, Michigan amateur hour in Michigan infighting within the state GOP has twice broken out into physical altercations. The fights played out as Republicans there have uh, disputed who controls some county parties with competing factions claiming to be in charge. The state chair, Christina Caramo, was elected in February in a MAGA groundswell besting Trump's own pick of failed Attorney General candidate Matt DiPerno. Both he and Caramo... (laughs) These names are driving me crazy. Who ran unsuccessfully for Secretary of State came to prominence for baselessly claiming fraud in the 2020 election. What you have to understand there was a disruption in the system, Kuromo uh, said in an interview at a Trump campaign event in Michigan. I'm not your milk toast Republican. So people who want a stuffy, it says milk toast. <laughs> it's uh, I think it's milk toast anyway, so uh it's like uh toast you dip in milk, no, she meant to say milk toast, uh so people who want to stuffy, disconnected elitist party, I'm not their girl, and I'm gonna go ask' from um, you know, I'm not gonna go ask' for anything, so she doesn't she's not gonna ask for any money she she's not gonna stoop to that, she's just gonna stay broke, she's gonna keep the state party completely broke. Is what's going on in Michigan. There were some really kind of hilarious stories and videos coming out of, of them getting into fisticuffs. The pressure led to Cararmo uh, to address party members in an emergency meeting in late October. At that meeting, party officials revealed they had a deficit of $375,000 as of April, with $265,000 in the bank and $640,000 in debt. They declined to describe the condition of the party's current finances, but internas- internal records that have been made public show the party had about 35,000 spread across seven bank accounts as of August. 35,000 is not enough <laughs> for a state party. Um, one of the big problems in our party is a constant betrayal by a lot of our Republican elected officials, so that many people quit the party. I get stabbed in the back by a lot of opportunists. That's the state of the Republican Party in Michigan. There are many stories like this across the country. And again, I'm telling you, uh, they're not going to be able to run a very good election in 2024. And in the meantime, Democrats are overperforming constantly in every election, even the special elections in August. So... Don't be too afraid of all this stupid polling going on. We'll we'll talk more about some polling and how other people are turning uh, in, into a more sensical way about it as well. When we come back for the second hour, you're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. We'll be back in a few minutes. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're listening to the Matt McNeil Show. I'm not Matt McNeil. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in today. Matt will be back tomorrow. We've got Brett on the board. Um, how was your weekend, Brett?
0: Oh, went all right for me. I'm actually back from a one-week vacation, so uh, with the... L- Nice weather we had, or warm weather, I should say, that we had last week, did a lot of biking, hit up a number of state trails, so yeah.
1: Oh, good. Good time for me, yeah. yeah so you stayed home, you didn't take a trip? Yeah, yeah, ever.
0: really no planned trips. I was thinking about maybe driving out to Chicago, but decided, uh eh, not to. Not enough yeah. time, money, and nice weather to bike around here.
1: Yeah. You know, you're a radio guy, so you can't go on trips, right? No, no, not exactly. No, yeah. not
0: unless I'm getting comp for it somehow with a giveaway or, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yes. And you couldn't even afford gas, so you had to go for bike rides. You couldn't even go for a car Exactly. Ride. That's yeah. the life of a radio
0: person. A yeah, r- yeah, life yeah. of a radio yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, no car. You got a bike everywhere, right? Even yep. in the winter.
1: Yeah. Um, so we're now four days away from a government shutdown. And the reason I say it that way is because I'm looking more and more like we are going to have a government shutdown. The only thing that could prevent it at this point would be for... MAGA Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, to do the exact same thing that McCarthy did that caused him to get thrown out of the speakership by his own Republican colleagues. Uh, it's not, though, like uh, they've been putting a lot of work into what they're, you know, have uh, passing a uh, budget. Right now, it sounds like Johnson has, he's trying to come up with names that confuse people but make him sound smart, like a laddered, uh, I don't know, a laddered budget or some, nobody knows what he's talking about. It makes no sense. Uh, he just wants to, you know how like, you know, how, like a rocket scientists might be talking and they're talking words you don't know and you just are like, well, he's a rocket scientist. So uh, you know, I just don't know what he's talking about.
0: I kind of picture him too. Matt made this analogy of like if you see any, especially like '80s or '90s court movie with that Southern stereotypical lawyer who has that very yes. folksy way of talking. That kind of reminds me of Mike Johnson too.
1: Well, yeah, and his hair and his glasses remind me of the '80s and early '90s as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's a lot of things. Maybe the 1780s and 1790s. We <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, specify, what's, yeah, what's
1: coming out of his mouth? Yeah. Um, well, except they didn't have. Uh, devices to look at porn on in the 1700s, so or 1800s.
0: That is a weird story. If you don't know, look it up. It's an
1: odd. And actually, on Friday, uh, if if any listeners were listening on Friday that are listening now, there was a little bit of a mix-up that Patrick and I had. So I had heard that it was his 17 year old kid, his 17 year old son, that is his partner in monitoring each other's porn. Uh, you know, and and. But I thought it was the black kid that he uh, adopted because he adopted him when he was 17. Patrick looked it up, and the black kid is now 40 years old. <laughs> and um, and that story is actually kind of a nice story because that, that guy thinks that he would either be dead or in prison if Mike Johnson and his wife hadn't taken that kid into his home when he was 17. That's a nice story. That turned out to be a nice story. Well, I I looked into it then over the weekend and the video where he's talking about this creepy thing called covenant eyes where you have it on your device and by the way, I don't think the speaker of the house should have anything like this because it watches everything that your phone is doing and that could be, you know, that could really put him up for blackmail risk or uh, all kinds of problems if you're, you know, Speaker of the House. But anyway, he's sharing it with now his his now 17-year-old son. I thought people like him thought that 17-year-old people weren't supposed to be looking at porn, but it's really, really a weird and creepy story. But so, yeah, I was right about it being the 17-year-old son. I was wrong about which son it was. So just to clear up, clear that story up for, that we talked about on Friday. Um and oh uh, it's it it it's sending chills down my spine just talking about this creepy story. What I was gonna talk about was last week, uh it, and we get this insight from Illinois Representative Sean Caston. Here's what they were working on last week, instead of trying to get a budget. A bill to prevent the government from using the word Latin X, a bill to cut White House press secretary Karine Jean. Perry's, uh, salary to $1, a bill to defund the office of gun violence prevention, a bill to eliminate the consumer financial protection bureau, a bill to cut sec chair, Gary Gensler's salary to $1, a bill to defund the office of gun violence. Uh, He wrote that twice a bill to prevent the government from developing greenhouse gas disclosure rules, a bill to eliminate 50% of the budget for the consumer product safety commission. He goes on to write, these things are not urgent, they're not helpful, and they aren't going to become law. Anything the House does like this is not going to become law. They're trying to do all this crazy, stupid stuff, and are they forgetting that the Senate has to agree to it, and then President Biden needs to sign it? It's just a complete waste of time when they're supposed to be working on resolutions— To get the budget passed. He talks about, uh, yeah, he talks about um, other things they were trying to do. Um, They used the first 20 days, of course. So they passed the continuing resolution 45 days long. First 20 days of that 45 days, which seems too short to put together a good budget. They spent 20 days getting rid of McCarthy and re- finally replacing him. And uh, and by the way, they thought, should we pick someone who hates gay people, fought to overturn the election, or creeps on his son's porn? It took a while, but the House GOP finally said, yeah, yes, yes, that's what we want. Somebody who embodies all three of those things. Um, I'm trying – I'm kind of – yeah, ours couldn't agree, uh, so Johnson never – okay, yeah, here's some of the bills – Um, It leaves a lot of work to do by a party that doesn't like laws, is at war with itself and an inexperienced leadership team. But off we went. Last week, we were supposed to vote. This is two weeks ago. We were supposed to vote on a transportation funding, but Republicans couldn't agree. So Johnson never brought the bill to the floor. This isn't just Johnson's problem. McCarthy previously chose not to bring an agriculture funding package to the floor because Republicans couldn't agree. Still haven't got a path on that one. So then last week, we were supposed to vote on a funding package for our financial services and general government. Minutes before we were supposed to vote on that yesterday, they pulled it on account of internal squabbles in the Republican Party. And Friday is the final deadline where they have to pass some sort of continuing resolution, this laddered thing. It's like a two-step thing that Johnson came up with that he seems like all sort of chuckle-headedly happy about. And there's all, he's already lost uh, – last I heard a couple hours ago, he's already lost seven Republicans, which means that will not pass unless he gets – pretty much, you know, most of the democrats to vote for it. And that's exactly what McCarthy did, and that's exactly why the republicans threw him out. So, are we just going to do and, and basically all this is th- is trying to get us through Christmas. I think I think it goes into maybe February. It's a continuing resolution that would just be a couple months long. And if they don't pass it, then I just heard on a, a radio story earlier today, that uh, they expect this holiday season, I suppose, including Thanksgiving, to be the break all records ever in travel, people traveling, and the TSA is going to get shut down, and they're going to try and get TSA people to work without paychecks. It's very much looking like that's going to happen. Also, uh, uh, flight control people, are they going to work without a paycheck or are they going to go home? You know, um, what's the plan here, Maga Mike? You only got four days now. What did you do today? You lost seven votes on your stupid idea that you have. So you know he's he's going to have to talk to the democrats because there's nothing he can put together that will lose more than you know, that won't lose the votes that they need on the republican side so it's kind of impossible he either has to do what mccarthy did that got mccarthy to lose the speakership or shut the government down those are the only two things left at this point um. So yeah, uh, we have Dynamo Dave from Duluth. Yeah. Okay. Is he ready? Dynamo Dave from Duluth. Hey, how you doing, Dave?
3: I'm doing good. How is the talented Todd? <laughs>
1: I'm doing well.
3: Hey. Um. Actually, you're multi-talented, Todd. Say, <clears throat> say, I want to run this. This by you. Um. There's. Um. You know Tommy Tupperville, he's holding up promotions and raises to various service people, center out of Alabama.
1: Is it Tuberville and, or
0: Tuberville? Uh, Tuberville or Tuberville?
3: I thought. I, I don't thought know. Tupperware.
0: Yeah, Tupperware. I, I actually know from his football days. It is Tuberville. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Tupper- it,
1: he's the football tu- guy. Tuberville. I wouldn't know. I'm still yeah. going to call him anyway. Tuberville. Tuberville. There's a lot
0: of names we could call Tommy Tupperville.
1: Yes. Yeah, not on the but radio, like not on that. the radio, though. Okay, sorry, Dave. Oh. We're both <laughs> interrupting you.
3: Oh, hey, so uh, you remember, uh, I know this is before you were born. You're a little bit younger than me. But back in uh, July of 2023, Bill Clinton
1: I, I was down. alive. I was alive then.
3: I know where you were. I'm yeah. just joking. Oh. I was trying to pay you a compliment. Um, oh. But back in uh, July uh I think it was July third, twenty twenty three. July fifth, uh, nineteen ninety three. Bill Clinton's first uh you know year in office. Uh-huh. Uh huh. he shut down hundred and thirty five uh domestic domestic military bases. And to my conservative friends, that was a very controversial, some of which worked in the military and they're pissed. Now, you remember that show, I don't know if it's still on. Hardball with Chris Matthews.
1: Yep. It's not on anymore, uh, and, but but yeah, I, I do remember yeah, it.
3: Yeah, yeah, and so, and, but it doesn't seem like, you know, from probably your or my point of view, that the Democrats ever play much hardball. But couldn't they, in order to get the people who, you know, when you have a military base in an area, there's thousands of jobs, uh, you know, service industries that benefit from that. And these senators and representatives are trying to bring home the pork, as it were. And I think there's like five military bases in Alabama. And I know Biden said, oh, we're not going to do whatever that space program is. That's not going to happen in Alabama because of him holding up those things, those uh, promotions. So couldn't, uh, I'm not talking about the main one, but couldn't uh, Biden just say, hey, it's going to close down a base in wherever you live there in Alabama, or we're the closest ones, not the super major ones. And so we're going to close that down unless you, you know, move the needle and start these people. There was just Veterans Day this past weekend. These people have been serving our country, and they're not getting promotions and not getting raises. Get off the pot, Jack,
2: you know, or we're going to
3: close down one of your things. And let his people, let the people who are in that state protest, Kim, yeah. you know, because not all of them believe in his his views, especially people of younger generations. Right, you know, in that state.
1: Yeah, and anyway, I, I, I have one
3: on that bias. Yeah, I so have. I a have. Boy, it's kind of like a boycott.
1: Yeah, right. I have. I have heard that before. I've heard people um, suggest just such a thing, and of course, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it really messes up a lot when. When you actually shut one of those down, because there are some towns that exist only because of the military base. Now, I I I think it's a horrible thing because it's the military industrial complex mess that we got into that began basically in the sixty or well after World War II, and um, Uh Kennedy was wanting to address it, and um, look Mm -hmm. what happened to him, you know. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. So. It's really hard to do that. You're kind of hurting the wrong people. Um, it sounds like Tuberville, Tuberville still would just remain stubborn. And I have floated, I think I even floated on this show last week, but I floated it also on my podcast. And um, Well, actually, Matt McNeil is the one who came up with this, that is the plan for him to try and hold all of these appointments until Trump becomes president, and then they can... Put in Put in their people and basically take over the country the same way the Nazis did because that 's what Trump wants right. to do and um, right. I, you know I, it's it 's not going to be able to go that long and we 're losing so many good people because if you know people have already just quit because they they need to get on with their lives and they 're mm-hmm. waiting for these confirmations that tuberville's holding up so it's a it's a really serious mess um and I think Matt McNeil's idea is the only thing that makes sense, because mm-hmm. the Republicans holding up, and, and a lot of the Republicans have realized this because they've gone against Tuberville, Tuberville, and um, are are saying, you know, we got to stop this, and they're going directly after him, you know, uh-huh. saying saying he's not a man of his word on the Senate floor and things like that. So, yeah, it's. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but uh I have heard your your and I'm sure it has been talked about in the White House even, but um sure. you know that's a it's a it gets to be a pretty gnarly thing when it really comes down to it, and I think that it wouldn't change what he's doing. I think he's first of all it seems like an absolute idiot I don't know how long he played football, but his brain has been you know mashed around in his head too long, and I think that he's just gonna he's too dumb, you know so. I think mm-hmm. I think he would remain doing this, and I don't know if he's under direct instructions from Trump, and um, you know that would kind of fall into what Matt McNeil's uh, theory is. And mm-hmm. I, I I swear that sounds like a that sounds like a really severe accusation, but it makes sense. It really makes sense yeah. to me. So yeah. Um,
3: um, well, now when Clinton did it. I know there was some military report or whatever, some law audit and stuff, said these are the ones that are. And, but it did hurt a lot of towns across the country. One hundred thirty-five bases. Can you imagine? Yeah. How was that? How was that? How? What was the political fallout of that? Do you recall?
1: I don't. I don't recall that that particular thing. Um, mm-hmm. And and I I wasn't as. As into watching what's going on as I am now, you know, as I have yeah. been for the last 20 years or so. Um, that was that was when I was in could... a band. I was just playing guitar trying to get girls, man. I took mm, my band yeah. to L.A. that year. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was what the, was the name of your band? It was the worst thing I ever did with a band. It was called Mood <laughs> School.
3: <laughs> <laughs> cool name. Um, so uh, wouldn't there be like a lesson that, I mean, it, for Biden's administration. I know there's other things. There's, there's a lot of money behind the scenes, stuff that you and I aren't even privy to, not even published in the New York Times or whatever. Um, I mean, we got 18 intelligence agencies in America, yeah. you know, uh, and, and their budget, there's this double speak they call it a black budget it should be called the secret budget black yeah. budget makes it sound like something that it's not secret yeah you know. I, know. I it's know back to this double speak there's
1: there's a lot of there's a lot of ish, and again it's uh, the the military industrial complex Say, hey, listen uh Dave yeah. we gotta we gotta take a break we're over uh, overdue for a break so I'm gonna let you go but thanks a lot for calling in it's always fun to talk to you. That's Dynamo Dave from Duluth and you're listening to AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil show. We'll be right back. AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're listening to the Matt McNeil show. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Matt. And um, we were talking about Republicans starting to turn on things. Uh, Also, because of this election this last week, starting to see Republicans uh, get the idea that, um, you know, they're losing. (laughs) And they're starting to – they're only now starting to sort of talk about noticing that they're losing. They're not coming up with any good ideas to stop losing, but – but they're starting to figure out they're losing. I want to play two clips, um, the second of which is is more on the subject matter that I'm talking about here. But uh, this is an exchange on Fox News. Um, they have a uh, liberal person, Jessica Tarlov. Uh, they have this this show called The Five, and there's five people on it, and she's one of the five. And she's on with these kind of uh, a couple of them are just absolute jerks uh like glenn gutveld or whatever his name is and uh who who's the do you know who the other guy is um
0: oh is that the co- i didn't know that comedian guy ju- was still on the five i forgot his yeah. name was it Gil or, oh, what
1: is it gill or what yeah like, something like that and then
0: gutveld that's right yeah is he on, oh he's still on that thing yeah
1: he's an idiot and then uh um uh who's the guy with the the new guy who took over for tucker Um, Oh, I can't remember. He's a complete chucklehead, but, uh, oh, it's right on the tip of my brain. Kind of doesn't matter what his name is, but he's the one that you hear in this clip talking about uh, the year Oh, by the way, Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters, yeah, yeah. Um, He's the one who she's interacting with here, and this is pretty hilarious, so here we go.
4: So uh, abortion and cash, Jessica, is that the story of last night?
5: And pot. And pot. <laughs> abortion, don't cash, don't and pot. Don't forget about our marijuana. Um, no, that's not the, the only story. The main headline is Democrats continue to overperform in the Biden era. It's yeah. just you can't dispute it. It is blowing the polling out of the water. Um, Republicans haven't really had a good showing since Trump won in 2016. And they really and I know that there are a lot of them, you know, deeply conservative people that are coming around to the idea that Donald Trump loses himself elections and he loses the people that he endorses. Well, elections. they took the
4: House in 2000, right? <laughs> 20. What? 20, yeah. Two
5: yeah, by three, three seats. So remember your... No, it was 2022. 16. That was that was your red wave. Remember when you said, I'm getting a 40-seat wave, and then you got three seats and a George Santos? Oh, don't
4: remind me. Okay.
5: <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> three seats and a George Santos, she comes up with. <laughs> um, yeah, you can just see how much of a, how much of an idiot that Jesse was. is. I Waters just like is. him
0: listing years. It was 2000, 2002, 2004. He's going to list this, everything. Yeah, He'll eventually that, get it right.
1: At, he, at one point, he said... Uh, 222 he said oh, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of it um, yeah so that was the hilarious exchange but here's here's another part that is really interesting i think this now we're going to go to Janine Pirro, the crazy woman who uh, was uh, everyone says that she's always drunk on wine and stuff and she's making an observation here I want to cue it up right. This is kind of hard to do on the fly. Get it right. Get it right. Um, and this is pretty amazing. If everyone remember who Janine Pirro is, she's kind of the crazy looking with the weird eyes and everything. And she usually acts like she's half drunk. And um, and she's just a crazy mogot. But here's what she's saying about, you know, or kind of about all elections after this last Tuesday
4: a little simpler it it to me it was about um ohio kentucky virginia pennsylvania purple states two red states democrats winning and the issue of abortion is one that republicans either have to get straight on or they're going to lose on it and the way they lose they can't ignore it they can't make believe it's not there like they've been doing the question is how do you handle it well, it's not really how the Republicans handle it because right now, they don't have 60 votes in the Senate, so stop trying to pass a federal legislation. It's not gonna happen. You're creating unnecessary turmoil for Republican candidates down the, down the ticket. The, the, the truth is that when um, Bashir went out there,
1: and he brought, and I- She's, she's talking about the guy who got elected, uh, reelected in Kentucky, Bashir, for the uh, governorship in Kentucky
4: prosecuted those cases with the 12 year old girls and the 10 year old girls you know cameron who is a great ag supported not just by trump but supported by mcconnell he tried to change his you know go go a little more left it didn't matter women want freedom and what's going to happen is that dozens of states are literally going to put these abortion initiatives i don't care what you call it privacy I, i don't care They know what they're reading, and they're going to win on that. Mm -hmm. And Republicans have to understand this is not an issue they win on. This happened in 2022, it's 2023, and 2024 is right around the corner.
1: So she's getting it, which is, I I think, pretty astonishing. Um, I I think a line was really drawn on this last election, on the... uh, uh, Republican debate stage on Wednesday where Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy, we love to
2: say his name, we love to say his—he
1: was saying the same thing she's saying. You know, we've lost everything since 2016. We lost in 2018. We lost in 2020. We lost in 2022. And um, and uh, we're going to have to take a break here, but we'll come back and I'll I'll discuss this a little further about— the entanglement that's going on right now with the Republicans and this issue of abortion rights. After we take a break on AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson sitting in on The Matt McNeil Show. We'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Todd Mickelson sitting in the Matt McNeil show. We got uh, Brett on the board and guitar today, and um, we were talking about the dog that caught the car, or in in my dog caught a squirrel one time. I saw me and my wife, we were sitting outside, it was summer. Um, a squirrel kind of was jumping from one tree to another and missed and fell and was kind of... Uh, a little disoriented as as it hit the ground. And our dog is the one who chased the squirrel up the tree. So the squirrel falls and he caught the squirrel. And then he just, you know, he kind of picked it up and, you know, I I think he killed it, if I remember correctly, kind of accidentally. But then he just looked at us like, oh, what just, what did I do? You know, he didn't want to catch the squirrel.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the fun's in the chase. Right, Once you get there. What do you do?
1: Right? It's just like this is why Republicans don't want immigration reform or to fix the border because they want to complain about it. And now they're seeing that, oh, we re- I, I think a lot of them knew, no, we don't want to overturn Roe v Wade. We want to complain about it. we want to we want to campaign about that. We have you know that's how we keep the evangelicals by saying that we're against all abortion and stuff like that.
2: And then Trump is like, what do you, you want to do? And they said, well, we want to overturn Roe v. Wade. I'll do it. Okay, let's do it. And then they're like, oh, my God, he did it.
1: <laughs> and now they're like, okay, um, they're absolutely screwed. And uh, talking about dogs, they screwed the pooch. And they're now in a hole that I don't think they can dig out of. And they're starting to know it as you heard uh, Janine Pirro say before the break. They're finally starting to figure it out. The problem is, she said, you know, they can't ignore it. That's what they've been trying to do. That hasn't worked. Then she said, they got to get straight with it. Okay, what are they going to do? What What would be a solution? They're really in a fix, you know? Um, they can we're saying some of their ideas at the uh, uh, their um, debate on last Wednesday. For instance, Tim Scott said the same thing that lost uh, elections in Virginia. He said, "I think we should do the 15-week ban. I think people can can accept that." Now, of course, he he dropped out today. <laughs> he suspended his campaign today, but he. Um, He's saying that, you know, maybe Democrats can get up with that too. No. Even Jeanine Pirro said women want their freedom. So how are they going to message about this? It's impossible. They have really done themselves in. And we're seeing it over and over again. We have uh, Julie from Minneapolis talking about right-wing immigration hypocrisy. Hi, Julie.
5: Hi. See, I just wanted to remind people of a couple of things. Do you remember when Trump was first running for office? And uh, there are uh, probably at least 20, between 20 and 25 immigrants that were undocumented that he had to fire from his New Jersey golf course.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. I forgot about it. You're reminding me of it. Yeah.
5: Yeah, but you know, his followers, they didn't care. They, They liked the fact that he was acting like a king. But I heard one interview on the radio, and she was the personal maid for Donald Trump and uh, his wife. And for five years, she was very much the personal maid. She said, you know, I took care of the linen. I made made Melania's bed. I made Trump's bed. And she did all the real uh, personal stuff. And so she got canned after being there five years, along with 20 other people. And I just wanted to say... You know, the elite Republicans, uh, they they want to have undocumented because they want them in their business because yep. they're cheaper.
1: Yep, that's yeah. right. Mitt Romney Thank had a, an issue with that. Thank, thanks a lot for your call, Julie. Thanks for pointing that out. I had forgotten about that. Uh, Mitt Romney had similar troubles back when he was running for president, um, having you know illegal uh, immigrants, undocumented workers, and um, he didn't know what to do about it then either. He was trying to hide it, but yeah, uh, Julie's right. They're completely hypocritical on on all of that stuff. So we were talking about uh, what's going on with elections. Uh, Democrats are overperforming in all, all elections since the Dobbs overturned uh, the Dobbs issued overturned Roe v. Wade and um, and made the Vikings start winning and. So, polling, why is polling so wrong? You've heard me talk about it a lot, if you've heard me on the radio here or on my podcast. I talk about it a lot, and I'm waiting for other people to talk about it. I'm waiting for it to be talked about in the media. And uh, Ali Velshi has a really good show on the weekend on MSNBC, and he had a really great guest. She's kind of new. I've only seen her over the last less than a year probably, coming on shows kind of as being a pundit. Her name is Molly Jong Fast, and she's a special correspondent for Vanity Fair. She also has her own podcast called Fast Politics. And uh, there's a big reason that I like her. I think she gets it, along with people like Simon Rosenberg and and uh, Victor Shi, people like that who, who know that these polls are to be ignored. And... I'm going to play you a clip here of her talking on on the Ali Velshi show.
0: What do you make of the difference between the polls and the votes?
4: Look, you know, again, these polls are small. They're people who pick up their cell phones, 3,000 people. This last poll was in six states. Those are the states that Biden needs to win to stay in office. But I just, again, I have a lot of pollster friends. I interview them. I talk to them. They are convinced that this method still works. This method has, of course, been wrong in 23 and 22. Remember the red wave midterm, wrong in 2020. So I do think national polls and even these larger presidential polls, people like to complain to pollsters. We're seeing that a lot. And I'm just not convinced that we're getting an accurate sense.
1: So that's what's going on. And I'm starting to hear people talk about these types of things and uh i'm i'm even hearing the word simon rosenberg coming up more even on some of these shows and simon rosenberg is who i was watching in the 2022 midterm elections i right before that i was on a trip with our friends who live in boston and we were in we went to uh, new orleans together and he was just really afraid of the 2022 elections coming up and i kept saying no they're i mean i I said I didn't think they could win the house. they barely won the house, but of course they were talking about taking forty seats in the house and they took five, or as uh, Jessica Tarlov says, three and a George santos <laughs> and um that's all they that's all they gained. that's all they needed I mean it, the house was very close already and and it's funny because um Nancy Pelosi had a very, very close—she couldn't lose two votes, and she passed tons of stuff. And, of course, it was able to be made into law because we had the Senate and the president as well. Now, the Republicans can't do anything. They cannot do anything. So when people are, you know, scared that Biden's not doing well in the polls, it's like what she's saying here. It's very small polling, They're doing a national poll and they're calling 3,000 people? I mean, I can't do the math in my head that quick, but there's, you know, three more than 300 million people in the country. 3,000 people? Are you kidding me? And she also makes a point that I had never thought of before, but she said people like to complain to pollsters. I think there's going to be a lot of Democrats who are saying, well, I do think Biden's too old or – I uh, you know I think he's uh, it's like my mom says it, it's really hard to be president and she's worried about him like you know ca- how how far can he make it at for being president when he's this old you know she loves him but uh, it doesn't matter if he's the nominee she's going to vote for Biden Democrats who are telling these pollsters right now that yeah I wish Biden would drop out. They're going to vote for Biden because they know what the stakes are. We talked about that last week. Instead of watching the horse race right now, we should look at what the stakes are at the end of that horse race. And the stakes are crazy. Trump wants to turn the United States into 1930s Nazi Germany, period. He's using the same terminology that Hitler used. He talked about that. He read Mein Kampf. You think he's read anything else? It't He shows no sign that he has read anything else other than Mein Kampf. So, no matter what the polls are saying now, Democrats have been turning out we, we just said they raised 11 percent turnout in Pennsylvania. One of the districts in Kentucky. Trump won by 60 votes. And in the gubernatorial run where the Democrat won, Bashir, he turned it around and he won by what was it like uh a, a large margin. He w- he won by a large margin. Yeah, I mean, he had to beat that 60% just to get to to be tied and but he he won. I mean just beating the 60% is enough, right? But he won by a large margin and that's because democrats are turning out in overwhelming overwhelmingly turning out and they're going to vote for Biden or whoever is the democratic presidential candidate. By the way, I don't think Trump's going to be the Republican presidential candidate. I think he's going to go to prison sometime in June or July. I really do we got to take a break. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show. We'll be right back. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. I'm Todd Mickelson sitting in for Matt with Brett on the board. And let's go back in time. Uh, More than 10 years, Jim Messina was the campaign manager for Barack Obama in the 2012 presidential election. Here's what he writes. As you walk into my office, the first thing you see is a framed magazine cover. It's not from the days of triumph like in November 2012 when President Barack Obama won four more years the campaign I ran. No, it's from a dark day during that re-election campaign back in 2011 when Nate Silver declared our campaign and President Obama toast. A lot of Democrats romanticize the 2012 Obama campaign, but if you were there, you know it was a knockdown drag-out battle, not just with Republicans, but with bad media narratives. One such narrative hit us on November 3rd, 2011. When the New York Times Magazine published an analysis giving Obama a 17% chance to win re-election. When that magazine hit my desk, I knew it was trouble. Not because I believed it, but because of the anxiety it would stir up. Immediately, we had donors, elected officials, and my mom especially freaking out. We couldn't get supporters to rallies. People were calling for me to be fired. I was reminded of this moment last week after the Times Siena poll of six battleground states, the ones that we were talking about and, and that uh, we heard Molly John uh, Fast uh, commenting on. Uh, six battleground states showed that if the election were held today, Donald Trump would easily beat Joe Biden. Democrats naturally got very anxious. Yet three days after the poll hit, Democrats took Republicans behind the woodshed enshrining the right to make reproductive decisions in the Ohio Constitution, taking control of the Virginia legislature, taking a state Supreme Court seat in Pennsylvania, and re-electing a popular Democrat as governor in the deep red state of Kentucky. This all gave me whiplash, just like in 2011. We have an early poll screaming doom and gloom for a Democratic incumbent. Yes, we are officially in the Democratic bedwetting era for the 2024 presidential election. But here's some advice from someone who's been there before. Don't panic. And here's why. Silver's 2011 analysis did not age well. A year later, Obama wiped the floor with Mitt Romney. That's right. He won by 5 million votes. But Nate Silver wasn't alone. In this publication, polling done a year out had Obama tied with Romney in 10 battleground states. We ended up winning nine of those. In December 2011, a Gallup poll had Obama losing to Romney by 5% across 12 battleground states. We won 11 of those. Bill Clinton trailed about this same time in his re-election cycle, a year before a presidential election. It is just too early to get an accurate read on how people will actually vote. There are a few reasons for this. The people who take the time to answer pollster questions right now are already politically engaged. They are either diehard partisans or trying to make a point, but swing voters aren't tuned in yet. Of course, this year I I would argue that that's a little different because uh, swing voters? (laughs) The thing is, is that people's minds are made up and they know that Trump wants to turn this into Nazi Germany, and they know that the Republicans want a national ban on abortion, a national ban on contraception. I think they're going to ban drinking water, I think they mentioned, a total ban on drinking water. I mean, they know all of that stuff, so their minds are made up. And these polls again, like he's saying here and and Molly Jong-Fast is saying, even more so now than in 2011, young people don't answer their cell phones. So they're not a part of any of this poll. And again, like, the Republicans think that they have a chance in hell even though they're talking about national abortion bans. Tim Scott thought, Oh, hey, everyone will like it if it's a 15-week national abortion ban, (laughs) right? I mean, people will accept that, right? No! So, 85% of Americans are in favor of not banning abortion. And I keep saying that if young people who don't pick up their phones were a part of that poll... That number would probably be 95%. So those polls are low and the other ones are high because young people are not a part of it. They're not a part of the polling. The polling does not work. You heard Molly Jong Fast say she knows people personally who are pollsters and they still think, oh, no, this is the way you do a polling. And even she's saying, well, it doesn't look like it's working. It hasn't worked She said it didn't work in 2022. It didn't work in 2020. I would say polls have been wrong for 20 years or more, almost before every election, and especially a year out. Like we just heard uh, this story by former campaign manager for the 2012 Barack Obama campaign, Jim Messina. People wanted him fired. He went on to win the election by $5 votes. Votes. That's a landslide. I expect the same in 2024. But we got to get on it. If you can't give money to your candidate, I mean, every little bit helps. But if you can't even do that, just vote. That's all you have to do. If we all vote, we all win. Period. Thanks so much for listening. I wish I was on the rest of the week. Uh, But Matt will be back tomorrow. This has been Todd Mickelson sitting in on the Matt McNeil Show. You've been listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll talk to you sometime soon.